I'm Anthony Kay, and this is Sports Fluent. On this week's episode, special guest Kendall Whitley from the East-West Football Network joins us to talk football and some NBA basketball. Fantasy football's on tap. We're going to let you know everything you need for your draft. If you've already drafted, some last-minute changes you can make to your lineup before week one starts. We're talking QBs, running backs, tight ends, and wide receivers. Who's going to be the breakout star this year? And who are some of the busts that you should stay away from? Then, to the WNBA, our preview finale, the Seattle Storm, LA Sparks, and Minnesota Lynx. And in the fix, Major League Baseball. And I'm joined this week by Kendall Whitley from the East-West Football Podcast. Kendall, man, how you doing? I'm doing great, man. How's everybody out there today? We're doing good. We're doing good. So I want to start off by telling us a little bit about the East-West Football Podcast. Yeah, man. Hey, man, the East-West Football Podcast, um, it's, it's kind of unique and crazy how we met. We met through a mutual friend that we knew at the beginning of the year. You know, some of us still associate with him, but, you know, we met through a mutual friend. And um, we, were, we was all in a draft chat on Instagram. So we all in that chat, we just talking ball. So, you know, I kind of distanced myself a little bit. I was like, you know what? Who wants to start like a, a football podcast? Well, a sports podcast anyway. Because like when we started, it was just going to be a sports podcast. We're talking about football, basketball, baseball, all that. But so I was like, you know what? This is a, like, so, so we started and we were talking. I said, you know what? A lot of guys, I see y'all, y'all like football. Y'all like just talking about football. So I was like, hey, let's just, let's just go with it. So it was me. Well, my other co-host, Fidel Barraza, he's from California. Um, we got Jerry Martinez, he's from Texas. He's kind of like the GM of us, like he, he, he's good. He, he's our staff guy, he's good, he's big on the draft. He knows it all. Fidel, you know, he, he's a co-host of us, he's a co-host of us and whatnot. So he's, he's, pretty, he's a good guy, keeps us in check, he gets everything organized. So he, that's, that's kind of what he does for us in life. Um, with me, I'm like guest relations. I'm in charge of bringing all the big guests we have on. Well, I recommend the guests to, to the co-host and they, I know we get together to see if we want to bring them on or whatnot. So it's not all just me. Jerry plays a big part in it. Fidel plays a part in it. So, yeah, but we've been we've been talking since February, and like, and so a lot of podcasts they don't they you only got like two people running podcasts most time. Yeah. With us, it's three of us, so it's kind of unique in that way. Like, it's very rare you find three people, and we call it East West because I'm in North Carolina and they in Texas and California, so we all over. So, I mean, it's, and it's everything. Of, it's everything football. Like, so are you talking fantasy football? Are you talking fantasy, obviously the draft? Yeah, predictions. Fantasy, XFL. All the con- we talking CFL, just football. Period. Because, like Perfect. I said, we yeah, we was gonna start. At, we was gonna do a sports podcast where we talking basketball and football. But then we were like, well, it seems like most of everybody's kind of comfortable in their strength is football. So we just kind of translated it to football. Like, you know, we just can do a football podcast. And I think we felt that that probably better. But man, like, hey, we love it. We can talk. I'm a, I'm a big basketball, basketball guy too. So I talk football, basketball, you name it. I can just go ahead. It, it really didn't matter to me. All right. So I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad you, I'm glad you said that. Cause I wanted to, I tried to make you feel uncomfortable and wanted to start off with NBA, but sounds oh, like, yeah. it, right, sounds right. like you're, you're ready for that. All right. So let me ask you, I had, I'm going to start in the East. I had only the Bucks sweeping the magic and every other series, you know, I had the Raptors going five. Um, I had Indiana and in the, um, uh, Indiana and Miami going six and I was wrong everybody else swept except the Bucks so what did you see in that first round in the east from you know kind of the Bucks the Heat and obviously the Celtics and the Raptors I think with the the Bucks and the Magic I told people that I had a feeling that Orlando was going to get Milwaukee that first game I had a feeling it was going to get them because I know how some of these top teams they don't take the lower the lower tier they don't take them that serious so I had a feeling that they was going to get there. So and they, they blew them out. It, was, it wasn't really that close. It, was that game, it wasn't really that close. I had a feeling. But what happened since then? The, um, the Milwaukee, they've won two straight, well, two, two three straight. And, uh, well, yeah, they, and they're, they're going to end up closing them out. They're about to close them out. So that, that's, that's, see, I said a lot of times that, that, that first game, that's the, that's the game that you can get beat. And Orlando came in with a chip on their shoulder, they beat them. So they, woke, they, woke, they kind of woke Milwaukee up. That next game, Milwaukee, they was ready. Blow them out. Second game, blow them out. The shots that were falling for Orlando that first game, they didn't, they didn't fall that next game. Because you kind of caught Milwaukee by surprise. It reminds, it, you, it reminds you a lot of last year. If you remember, the Raptors lost that first game to Orlando as well and then took them four straight and obviously went on to win the championship. So do you think that's Milwaukee's path as well? I think so. I, th- I, re- I think so. Yeah. I think so. 
So, you, so obviously you got Milwaukee going through the East. I got Milwaukee. This next series with Milwaukee and the Miami Heat, it's going to be an interesting one because Jimmy Butler, he don't back down for nobody. He's not backing down. They just, I didn't think they was going to sweep Miami. I thought, I mean, oh, they, I didn't think they was going to sweep the Pacers. I thought that series was going to go seven games. Yeah. I, I like P.J. Warren, and, but, you know, Jimmy Butler shut him down, and I think Jimmy Butler, he's going to get that assignment. He wants, he wants Giannis. He's going to get that assignment on, on Giannis. Then you got Middleton. Middleton you, you, th you, think, you think Butler's going to be on Giannis? See, because I have a different take. I have Jimmy Butler shutting down Middleton because if, if that's their kind of their second – threat and without somebody else stepping up other than Giannis you, you beat the Bucks. so I'm almost thinking like Giannis kind of gets his Jimmy shuts down Middleton and where else are they going to get that's the interest take you know with the heat they got some long they got Crowder they got Jay Crowder and they got yeah. and so they got they got some different pieces too so the heat because that's what I was thinking playing those longer bigger guys on Giannis to kind of you know, try to slow him down. It's, it's not, it's not much, but maybe try to make him a jump shooter. Obviously yeah. the Raptors had success. The Raptors yeah. had success throwing a bunch of big bodies at him last year. Like, is that the formula to beating them? I think so. I think that's a great time. I didn't really think about that way. Cause I was thinking they might put Iguodala or Crowder on Middleton and whatnot, but Jimmy Butler putting Jimmy Butler on that second piece on Middleton and putting somebody else on. Yeah. I think that might do it. Cause you know, in a center with bam, they got him. Could protect right. that. And the heat can build a wall. I think the heat, I think it's going seven. It's going to be a good – I can't wait to see it. It's going to be a good series. I, I, I'm, still, I'm still picking the Bucks, but it's a shaky pick because I could see Miami getting through. They're, they're one of those – they're one of those teams like I have Dallas in the West, right? No one's kind of gave them a chance, but now you're watching the play and you're kind of thinking, hey, they got a shot. Because yep. really the only team I gave a shot uh, uh, in terms of the underdogs, it's a 4-5, was in the West was the Thunder. I thought the Thunder would surprise a bunch of people and take out the Rockets. I'm glad I'm glad you brought that Western Conference. If you if if you really go back to Game One, Dallas technically, if you want to be technically and be real about it, Dallas really should be a 3-0 on the Clippers. I think I think because that first game, you know, on um, Persingas, you know what happened with that, and then the next game, you know, I mean, uh, uh, Dallas they, they had the first game, but the second game, you know, a, couple, a couple things happened there. So I'm thinking, if you really look at it, if the, if the official didn't play a big part in that first game, I think Dallas could really be up 3-0, I think. I think, everyone, I think everyone's talking about that first game <clears throat> and saying that's, that's one that kind of got away from Dallas, whether it was the refs, mm -hmm. there's a bad circumstances there, and, and Dallas should have won that game. This, the other game that the Clippers won was the one uh, where Luka gets hurt, right? That's the mm -hmm. one he twists his ankle. So really, mm -hmm. they could have – now, I don't think they would have. They could have technically swept the Clippers. Yeah, right? yeah, or at least been three one. So I think the Clippers are lucky to have it at two two, and if Luke is actually hurt, I think that actually will play in the Clippers' favor, right? Because the longer you play on on an injured ankle, the tougher it gets. I would assume. I think what happens tonight, the Clippers come out on a mission. They go. I think Paul George will have a good game tonight. Clippers you think? Gonna, I think. <laughs> I, I think <laughs> he will come out because it's crunch time. I mean, you got. I mean, if you are you gonna do it now or next year? I mean, when are you gonna do it? Just really. So I think they will come out tonight. Uh, Clippers go up three two, Dallas. Dallas it, it's going seven. I think I think some go seven. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. I, and I've been I've been kind of mean. I've been calling him PG nine because he doesn't deserve thirteen yet. Um, <laughs> and so okay, Lakers. I'm not really surprised. I had the Lakers winning in five or six anyways. I think uh, a lot of people overreacted, and it's what we do when we talk sports. We overreact after one game. That first game, I think we all went, oh, you know, you heard people saying Blazers in a sweep. No way you're sweeping LeBron out of the playoffs. Even if he's playing one on five, I don't think you're going to sweep him. Is that first game. Kind of like the Milwaukee series. Orlando yeah. surprised Milwaukee. But a lot of people was actually calling Portland to win game one because they was already hot. With this one right here, Portland came out. They kind of surprised L.A. Because Lakers had them a little bit in that first game. They could have won. Lakers can be up 3-0, really. But they kind of – Portland, they crept back in. They got hot. But my thing about Portland, if Dame and C.J. ain't hot, and if they ain't pulling up from 30 or whatever, hitting them, hitting them big threes, they, they, they don't got nobody else. They don't have a reason. They, they, they do not have yeah, Trevor. Yeah, that hurts. Um, um, who's, uh, who's the, Rodney Hood, he, he's not playing. So I think if, if they if they was off, if one, they need both of them to go off. If, if both of them if both of them cold like they've been, Portland don't stand a chance. In the last three games, what, it's been blowouts. It's yeah, been blowouts. I, you know, it's funny. I'm more, I'm more about what the Lakers do than what their opponents do. I think we saw in the bubble, you know, they shot 20-something percent from three, and they looked t terrible. In the first game against Portland, 
the other guys, not LeBron, not AD. I think they're going to get theirs every game. But the other guys, the Danny Greens, you know, those, mm-hmm. those types of players, if yeah, they're absolutely. not hitting their shots, right, if they're shooting 20-something percent from the three, Lakers are going to lose. But if you've seen the last few games that have been blowouts, right, those guys have shot the ball better. And when they yeah. shoot, if you can get any kind of shooting around LeBron and AD, right, it's a wrap. Like yeah. And that's why I think Dame could be hot. But, I mean, if, if those other players on the Lakers are hitting, I don't, I don't think they have a shot, even if Dame is hot. It's almost a combination, right? It needs You need the Lakers, other players, their role players to not shoot well. And you, you need to be hot. So, so I like that one. Um, who you got coming out of the West? So, if I, you know, we got your pick of the Bucks. Who, who you got playing them? I'm a Houston Rockets fan. I didn't want to oh. say it. I'm a rock fan. I we need we we need we need Westbrook back because if we could listen these past two games, we really we I mean we, we, we was up what we could we could have closed them out. We had them two zero. The last couple of games we had big leads on them, but we allowed them to come back. If Westbrook is back, we close we close this game out tomorrow. We're closing the game. So they probably get one of them. So what have you heard? So Westbrook is, is there as a Rockets fan, you're probably paying closer attention. Is Westbrook close to coming back? Cause them being two, two without Westbrook is actually, that's a win, right? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Uh, I've heard from my sources that, I, that I'm looking to now. I heard, I heard he's trying his best to come back for this game. Five. I, I, I've heard that, but if he doesn't, I think we still can beat them. Cause I mean, we had big leads and we should be up three zip. We should be about to, we should be about to sweep him out no more, but the, man, the Rockets are just like the Trailblazers. They're just, they're just like the Trailblazers. If 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 Harden if Harden's not hot, if he if he's, if he's not hitting on all cylinders, everybody just sitting around hitting threes. They just sitting around hitting threes. That's all they're doing. Everybody's sitting around hitting threes, and they and they, and they miss them. And, they, and if, them, if if some threes not falling in, what can you do? And that's you what happened. And that's what happened the last game, right? They were hitting a bunch of threes. They had a lead, and then when they went cold. Right, they allowed the Thunder to come back, and the Thunder went on. I think it was like a nineteen-two or a nineteen-five run, and that's right. what that's what won the game for them. So, so are you saying because you're a Rockets fan, you I, have to pick the Rockets I, out of the West? Hart was tired. He was tired yeah. yesterday. He was pulling up. He just kept, he was he was just dribbling and just pulling. The, he, he was tired. He wasn't even trying to drive. He went cold. He, I mean, he went cold. So I think I think we're gonna escape this series. I think we're gonna find a way. We're close that might maybe six. We're gonna escape this series. It's, it's going to be by a little bit, but I don't think the Lakers next series, they're too big. And, I mean, we played pretty good against them in the regular season. I think we got, we got to, we kind of lead the series in the regular season. But, I mean, James Harden and Westbrook, they, but the thing about Westbrook, I kind of hope Westbrook doesn't play this series. Let's see if Harden can do it, can do it. He's proved he can do it when, it when it matters. He can, I think Harden can do it. But if he comes back, I mean, it's great. But I would rather Westbrook, I think we can win this series without Westbrook. We just need two. I think we can do it. Okay. And if, I think we can do it. So, do I'm, I'm putting you on record here. So, are you taking the Rockets to come out of the West? Yes, I am. <laughs> All right. We're going to get you back. We're going to see whether they win or lose. I'm going to bring you back and either congratulate you or call you out a little bit. Okay. All right. So, let's shift gears to football. So, to the, we're going to start with the NFL, but you'd mentioned you talk about XFL and CFL. And on my last podcast, I talked about – I put the CFL in the fix because I've been talking about CFL for years and what they need to do to become a viable sports league in Canada and how they can create revenue. So I'm going to put that on the back burner for a second and start with the NFL. So obviously the big thing is there's been some big quarterback moves in the NFL, right? Brady going to the Bucks, uh, Rivers going uh, to the Colts, uh, Bridgewater going to the Panthers. There's been a lot of quarterback movement. So is there one that you think, obviously, you know, Brady to the Bucks is, is a big one. But is there another one that you think this is going to be a big turning point in the franchise for getting this quarterback? Or is it just, hey, you know what? It's it's the Bucks and Brady. They're they're the they're the, that's the big that's a big change. I think Bucks and Brady, I think his, I mean, I'm a I'm a Patriots fan. So it kind of it obviously hate me when Brady left. And I don't really like to talk about it since he left a lot. <laughs> but I think obviously James if Jameis Winston can win the boy the Bucks won last year, like seven or eight games last year. If James Winston can do that, Brady's not going to turn the ball over that much. He is not. He's not. He's not giving it to the other team like that. I mean, I think the most um, interception he's ever thrown in the year is probably twelve to fourteen. He's not going to turn the ball over that like that. James Winston threw what thirty interceptions. James will throw you thirty touchdowns, but he'll give you thirty interceptions. You know what I mean? You can't have that. So I think, and then the skill for this, you got Evans, Gronk, Cameron Bray, O.J. Howard, Chris Godwin. I mean, they they just signed Sean McCoy. 
He's, he has a better team around him now. I think the Bucs can win 11, 12 games this year. I think Tom Brady and the Super Bowl's in Tampa Bay this year. I think Tom Brady is going to drastically improve that offense and that team. And that defense is up and coming as well. So I think that the biggest quarterback moving to me is Tom Brady going, going to Tampa Bay. Now, I'm, I'm working on my NFL previews and predictions. So this week, I've got the AFC South. With, with I, haven't, I haven't gone through and done it yet. I haven't gone through and done it yet, but I want to get your take on is this, is this a wrap? Like, who, 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 or is it kind of up and down? How do you feel about the AFC South this year? If I'm going to rate my teams on based off record, one through, one through four this year, well, based off who's going to lead the division, I think the Titans are going, are going, I think the Titans are going to win the division. I love AJ Brown. He's a stud of wide receiver. They got Corey Davis. They just signed their Henry. Tannehill, he's a bridge guy, but he's enough to get him into the playoffs. I think the Titans will be at one. The Texans, I think they're going to surprise me. I think they're going to be number two. I think the Texans going to make the playoffs because um, you know, I think they're a little underrated team. The Colts, I don't, speaking of quarterback, I don't understand the Phillip Rivers signing. I do not get it. And I still can't. I, I've been sitting on my show with the guys. I've been telling the guys, I don't get it, man. I just, I, I, don't, I don't like that fit. I, I don't like it. So I think they're going to come in at three. And obviously, Jacksonville is going to be four. Okay. But I think the Colts and the Texans this year, they, they might fight for a playoff spot. You know, you got Phil Rivers. And I'm not going to say that they're going to have a terrible season, but I just I – don't, I don't like the fit, man. I just – I don't like it. I don't, I don't like that fit there. All right. So I'll, I'll let you know because I'm almost the opposite of you. I, I think Tannehill was a bad re-sign. I don't think he was the right I, – I don't think he had a great regular season. Historically, he hasn't been a quarterback that can lead your team. Like you mentioned, he's a bridge quarterback. I almost thought, you know what, they need to either go for – uh, 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 in the draft, looking at a quarterback, or or in a different direction than t- than than Tannehill, and I'm just not a fan of Tannehill. Maybe that's the case. I don't know if if Derrick Henry can repeat what he did last year. Like that, I think that playoff run gave them the wrong sense of, of confidence that hey, we're better than than I think we are. I love Henry as a as a running back. Don't get me wrong, he's a beast, but he can't carry that that team. I think I think they're missing out. I, I agree with you on AJ at wide receiver. He he's phenomenal. I actually do have the Colts. I like the Phillip Rivers signing um, in Indianapolis. I think he'll give them something at quarterback that they haven't had because, well, obviously Andrew Luck with his injury issues. And I like Brissett, but he's going to come in with a bit of a swagger that I think that team needs. My thing with the Colts is, okay, yeah, you got Phillip Rivers. Who is his offensive weapons? I mean, you got Michael Pittman from USC. He's unproven. We don't know. I mean, he was decent in, in USC and in college. We don't know where he's going to be in the pro yet. Well, I mean, you got, he, he can't stay at the doctor's office. He can't, he can't, stay, he can't, he can't stay healthy. Um, Paris Campbell, he's a slot wide receiver, a gadget guy. Yeah. What is he going to give us? So, I mean, who's, who's going to be their tight end? They, they don't have Ebron. Who's going to be their tight end this year? I think they got a lot of questions on offense. I like the running back with Marlon Mack, and they got, uh, they got Jonathan Taylor from Wisconsin. I like that, but I think they got a lot of question marks at the skill position. That's, that's my thing. That, well, yeah. and that, that's why this division's been, I think, the toughest for me to go through. Because with the other ones, there's a lot of, you know, you got some sure bets and you got some, hey, these guys need to improve. This is the one where, right, the, the Titans are a question mark. Um, the Texans trading away, you know, DeAndre Hopkins, you know, that's a question mark. The Colts, Phillip Rivers coming in, that's a question mark. Jacksonville, well, I don't even know what they're doing in Jacksonville, right? This is the, the, probably the only division where you have literally four question marks. So that's why I wanted to get your take on it. And and I'm going to shift. Okay, so are we doing early early predictions here? Who are we going Super Bowl prediction? Are we going that early, or with with the AFC South, or, or maybe just teams to watch? How about just teams to watch for this year? You want me to give you my team to watch this year? Yeah, yeah absolutely. I've been thinking about. I've been going back and forth on it for a while. I got, I got a couple of teams. I think the Minnesota Vikings. They're going to be a pretty good team. I know they lost Stephon Diggs, but they got Justin Jefferson for LSU. I love him. They got they they gonna get that contract they gonna get the contract right with Devin Cook. The defense they they got a young defense. I think the secondary is gonna be a lot better this year. Minnesota Vikings, watch out for them. I think Kirk Cousins he kind of answered some question marks last year in the playoff game. I think he got over the hump a little bit. Watch out for the Vikings this year. That's that's an NFC and the AFC. Man, I've been think, I've been thinking about this one for a while too. How about the the how about the Denver Broncos? I, think I like the Denver Broncos. Broncos. I think the Broncos are going to have a pretty good – they're in a tough division with the Chiefs. I know. Yeah, yeah. 
But I think the Denver Broncos are going to have a pretty good year this year. They got some young talent. They got to stay healthy. They got to protect Drew Locke. I think Drew Locke is a stud. They got Jerry Judy. Defense is younger, and they're cut. They still got Von Miller and Bradley Chubb. The Broncos and the Minnesota Vikings, those are my two surprise teams this year. I'm not going to say they're not going to – I don't think they're going to a Super Bowl. Vikings maybe – Vikings might do some NFC, though. But in the AFC, I think the Broncos – I think they're going to make playoffs. Yeah, I've got, I've got the Broncos. It's actually funny. I've got two teams out of that division fighting for a wild card, right? I, depending on health. Health is always the X factor, right? So assuming they're relatively healthy, right? I like the Broncos and the Raiders – fighting for a wild card spot probably within that division maybe for that lack because there's the extra wild card this year right so i think those two teams might be might surprise some people you know the raiders being in a new stadium in a new city that always seems to give give some teams a boost so i'm with you there so lastly and then we're going to talk about a little xfl and cfl um tell me your thoughts on you mentioned my my a couple of my jerseys back here on my bears so the bears are in an interesting position their defense is going to be, in my opinion, is going to be better than last year, right? They made some some key off-season pickups, and and I think last year was really just a down season, and and that defense is going to pick up. Obviously, the big news on the offensive side is, is there growth for Mitch Trubisky, or are they going with Foles? Right now, there's a quarterback battle. You see, I, I you know watch the daily updates. Looks like Trubisky is actually leading so far. Um, does he have enough in what you've seen kind of, cause for that first season to the second season, there was a lot of promise, right? He had a good first season and then you're kind of like under Nagy. He had a first good season. Um, he dropped off a little bit last year and it hurt the team this year. They're saying, Hey, he looks better. His mechanics are better. His confidence is better. Having Nick's Nick Foles in the mix, kind of pushing him to be better. And when you look at, you know, should he get hurt? Cause he has been hurt a couple of games of the last few seasons. Uh, he hasn't, you know, Chase Daniels has been his backup. And one thing we know about Foles, Foles can come in, right? Foles can come in for a game or two or a playoff run, as we saw in Philly, and lead a team. Is that enough to get the Bears over, you know, your Minnesota Viking surprise team and obviously the Packers, who are probably the two favorites in that division? I think with the Bears, they're in a tough division because, you know, the NFC, Aaron Rodgers, he's going to be there. This is, this is Aaron Rodgers. He's a bad man. He's going to be there. So, I think the Minnesota Vikings, they're, they're going to be a tough out. So I think the Bears, I don't, I don't see them making playoffs this year. It got, I want to see Cleo Matt have a better year this year. I mean, he was kind of down a little bit last year. I don't know what's yeah. going on there. But I want to see what they do. They lost – Um, who, who's the defensive end? I was it um, – who's defensive – they lost a defensive end. I think was it um, – I can't, I can't no, think of his ta- name. A, a tackle, Goldberg. I think he's uh, – he, he's, he opted out. Yes, but they, they, they lost they lost a defensive end, too. Um, now, I want to say number, number 94 uh, – his name on top of my daggone tongue. I can't even think of, think about it. But he went to the Rams, the defensive end. They lost right. Patrick, the Chicago Bears. He, he, he left. He's not there this year. So I think with, with the Bears, I think Nick Foles gets in the best. But see, Nick Foles can't stand the doctors off. He, he stays hurt. So if Nick Foles, if he can stay healthy, I like, they got Alan, they got Robinson. He, he's a pretty he's a pretty decent wide receiver. Yeah. He, 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 he's a one for the Bears. I want to see more from Anthony Miller. I'm a big Anthony Miller fan. I think he's going to be yeah, pretty good. I like Miller for sure. Tariq Cohen, he's from he's from North Carolina. So shout out to the to, to, um, Tariq Cohen. I like I like Tariq Cohen. Um, I mean, according to that passing, I mean, what they gonna do with him? I, I heard him. I heard he's playing running back. I heard they're they're trying to a little bit of running back. He's he's looked good at running back. Um, and yeah. obviously then they got a couple of well, they have quite a few tight ends. They still gotta I think make a couple of cuts there. But with Jimmy Graham and 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 that rookie that they drafted, um, yes. those those those. It looks like they have some balance there where they'll be able to to help Trubisky out with a run game and some short passes. You yes. know, you probably see a lot of two tight end sets. I think out of the Bears this year. Um, so I have them, and maybe I'm optimistic because I'm a, I'm a fan, right? I'm I'm like you with your Rockets. I got them going nine and seven and, and fighting for a wild card spot. I I can see that. I can def- I definitely can see that. I definitely can see that. Um, it seems like they're deep at tight end for some reason. They got the guy from Notre. They got Notre, the kid from Notre Dame. Then yep. they got. Um, they got they got Jimmy Graham. They got in the draft. I know they had about seven tight ends on the roster. At, at so, one point, at one point they had ten. Yeah, <laughs> and they I think they released one or two. They traded one away, and I they, I think they're still down at seven. They might still have set. And so I keep make I may been making the joke kind of all all spring and summer that watch out for the Bears four tight end set because it's coming. Uh, but I'm assuming they're going to make some 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 tweaks to their to the roster there. Unless I don't know, maybe Nagy does have a four tight end set that we've never seen before. Um, so let me switch gears because I could talk Bears probably all day. 
Um, right. The XFL. So the XFL had, had a, tough, a tough year in the sense that, you know, it was their second go around. They do some things that are really innovative, but then COVID hit and, and they kind of had to shut down. But now, um, obviously, Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, and his ex-wife, Danny Garcia, have purchased the team, and they come with a lot of showmanship, right? A lot of marketing power behind them. So is that enough, you think, to save the XFL this year? I think, I think it is. I think, I think we'll see the XFL real back soon. And it's, I'm glad you brought the XFL because we've had a couple players come on from the XFL and reporters. And we got, one, we got some reporters coming up soon, and we can't wait to talk to get real deeper into the XFL with them. But for everything I'm hearing, and, I, and I've did my research and talked to my sources, they feel they're in a great position. That um, they're gonna be back together soon. And I think, I mean, what the Rock, what Dwayne, what the Rock has, has doing, and the other partners he has with him, it's a very, it's a very good thing that they have going on there. So yeah. I, I was, I like XFL football. It wasn't no football going on at the time, and it was some good Saturday. It was good. The games on Saturday and Sunday were pretty good to watch. So I can't wait for it to get back. And I think they're heading in the right direction. Do you think that it'll always just be kind of the? the baby brother to the NFL, or do you think they have a yeah. legit shot at being a competitor? Because it's more of a platform that for players that doesn't get to the NFL or where they kicked out of the NFL, they didn't, you know what I mean, for different reasons. So I think the XFL gives them a great shot. And they, they, I mean, the viewing sport was great. It, they was getting, it was getting a big audience. So I think the XFL, it gives, it gives NFL players and coaches that, you know, maybe they're not good enough for NFL, they've been fired or didn't make team, they, they get back to the XFL, Make, probably make their name a little bigger, and then hey, bring it back to the NFL. So I think I think it's great. It's always gonna be up on the XFL, though, always. I, think. I mean, up on the NFL, always. Yeah. I think. So the CFL. So I'm here in Toronto. Obviously, we talk a little CFL on the show. Last, I told you my last episode, I did a, a CFL. So the CFL has a problem with revenue more than anything else because in parts of Canada, the CFL is extremely popular. However, they rely solely, not solely, but primarily on actual ticket sales people going to the games so obviously covid has changed that dynamic and they've had to cancel the season is there i i've suggested a merger or a purchase of the xfl purchasing the cfl and creating a north american football league um now i would say for my canadian fans who are traditionalists who love the three downs etc the of the cfl they can either keep the name cfl or create like a western Canadian Football League because really the CFL is bigger in Western Canada in Saskatchewan Alberta in BC it's not as popular here in, in Toronto obviously the you know the Argos even when they're good have some trouble drawing um, but keep that traditional CFL game there but really create a North American Football League with the XFL and um, I've also created like this revenue generating thing where why do most of my friends like football? Not us who watch football every week. Like, I mean, my outside of sports fans, people. And they love betting. they like, I love fantasy. I love prop bets. And I said, hey, that's a way to generate revenue for the CFL is you bet. I'll bet on anything. Is it a run or a pass? Is it going to go for five yards or more, 10 yards or more? You know, is there going to be a fumble, an interception? Like, literally bet on everything and make fantasy a bigger part of the game. Obviously, they didn't do that. They decided to shut down for the season. So there's a lot of info there I gave you. One, do you think it makes sense for the XFL to make a bid to kind of create this North American Football League, bring some of these Canadian teams in? And two, gambling. Is that something that you would encourage teams to focus on who are having revenue issues? I think, firstly, I actually thought about the XFL and the CFL coming together. I thought I, I was going to bring it up to the guys a couple of weeks back on the show, but it kind of crossed my mind because we had a couple of special guests on. But I think I think that would be a great, a tremendous idea. Cause the audience, it would be a whole lot bigger there. It'd be a big because I think it'd be a great there. It'd be a great opportunity. Cause I think I mean they'd be one step away from players would be one step away from getting to the NFL where they ultimately want to get to. Right. So I think that would be great because you mean XFL, the CFL audience is a whole lot bigger than the XFL, obviously. You know what I mean? Because they I mean, but the XFL, they've been out for a while, but they're about to come back. So I think if they merge together, they do come back, that would be that would be great. I think I think would I think it would definitely be great. Yeah, my plan. Listen, I, I don't know if you know this or not. I sent a, a long list, kind of a plan to the CFO of the CFL. And, and, and this was two years ago, I want to say, because I, I just I see so much opportunity there. And one of the things I said was, stop trying to compete at the same time as the NFL. I know the season kind of starts at the tail end of it, but do it. And I don't know if you know this, too, if you've seen the CFL schedule. There's a lot of games like on Tuesdays, on Wednesdays, on Thursdays. And I said, you know, start after the NFL draft. Mm -hmm. right? It allows you to pick up a bunch of undrafted NFL players, 
gives them a place to showcase their talents. Yeah, listen, their end goal is probably to get to the NFL. Okay, that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. But if you play every Sunday, right, and you know the CFL is going to be on every Sunday during the off season, like I said, it allows people to showcase, rehab, veteran players who want to maybe make a comeback, plus then your CFL game, I think it creates some, some interest because what do we do as football fans all summer long? We beg for football content. We're watching the NFL Network in July, trying to see like how's that draft pick doing in the you know in OTAs and um, this team, and we're projecting rosters. And you know, I have guys sending me messages in in July and August. Hey, can we do a fantasy draft? Right? Like, there's so much interest in football throughout the summer that this gives you that outlet. And I think it draws a lot of interest, and that's why I say when you combine it and make it the North American Football League. Now you're getting the U.S. and Canada watching, and, and probably Europe too, right? Because they're really into football as well. Yes. I could not agree with you anymore on that. I could not agree with you anymore on that. All right. Well, let's send, let's send a proposal. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah I agree right. with you anymore. So you guys do fantasy, right, on East-West? Yes. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave you with the last, the last question. Um, it could be one. It could be a couple. Who are you looking – this year, because I'm, I'm starting to do some of my mock drafts as well. My draft, obviously, is here in about a week. Um, who should I look out for? Who should definitely be on my fantasy team? And who should I stay away from? Oh, your fantasy team this year, I definitely think Cortland Sutton from the Bronco. I think he should be up there. Cortland, I, think, I think he's going to have a – I mean, he had a pretty good year last year. I definitely think he can be up there. Um, Michael Gallup, I think he should be up there from the Cowboy. I think he could go with C.D. Lamb. Um, Mari Cooper right there. I think he should be out there. I know I'm sticking with wide receivers. I'm, I'm going to get you a running back to look out for this year. Let me see. Who that? I'm going to say a pretty good running back. Um, Clyde Edwards Hilaire from the Chiefs. Now, I, don't trust, I don't trust running backs with the Chiefs. I, I, I don't need to, but I think with the running back, with Damian Wills opting out this year due to, due, due to what's going on, with him opting out and all those weapons around there, those, those lanes are going to be open for him. And injury, he's going to run that ball this year. Reports coming out of camp are great on him. He's looking real good. So I definitely, I, I, listen, definitely I, went, I went out on a limb last year with Damian Williams. I drafted Williams, and he had a few good games, but he, kill, he killed me. <laughs> I'm going to give you a sleeper one, too. This yeah. might shock Mike Gesicki, the tight end for the Miami Dolphins. Watch, get, take him this year. All right. All right. And, who should, who, who, what are one of the big names that you would stay away from? You should stay away from. Now I'm going to go with the big names. Obviously, someone that, like, hey, we think he's going to be a first or second round pick, but I'd be very cautious in taking him. That's a pretty interesting one. Uh, well, I'm going to say Amari Cooper. Because last year he was kind of high and busy. I mean, at some points of the year, I think I'm going to say Amari Cooper. When you look at, look at what's around, you got Gallup and CD, and I mean, they got a lot of, they got a lot of mouths to fill in that offense. Right. So I think you should stay away from him this year because I, I know a lot of people that won some leagues with him last year. So I, th- I, th- I, think, I, think, I think you should definitely stay away from him from Dick for this year. And another name I think, uh, let me see, I want to give you a quarterback who don't stay away from this year. Well, the big quarterbacks, you're talking Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, yeah. right? Those guys are going to probably go too early. Yeah, um, yeah, it, it definitely are. Uh, how about – oh, man, this, this is a good Drew one. Drew Brees? I thought you, I think you was going to be solid this year in fantasy. Yeah. I think, I, I think he'd be solid. How about Ben Roethlisberger? Roethlisberger, right. That's a yeah. name we don't talk about because he was injured last yeah. year. You don't know how he's going to – I mean, reports on account is that he's looking good, but anybody looks good in, in, against yeah. Eric. They come yeah. over here. Yeah. So I think I think Big Bang. I mean, they got some okay weapons there, but he's coming back from injury. You you, you don't know you don't know how that offense going. You don't know how Big Bang's going. I think he got a couple more years left in him. So I think he's he's normally real good in fantasy though. Yeah, normally really. Well, with yeah, well, when he had uh, AB and Juju and yeah, yeah, yeah. it's it's yeah. easy to be a good quarterback when you got those two guys. You know, I remember I remember I was down. Not to go into a deep fantasy story, but I remember I was down. I want to say eight points on Monday night. And Ben Roethlisberger threw a little two or three yard out to Juju Smith-Schuster, who went 96 yards for a touchdown and won me, and won me the week. So um, when you got guys who can do that, it makes it easier. Uh, I'm going to throw out one other name to you because this was a fantasy stud. And over the last two years, you know, people have still drafted him high, but he has not produced. And this year he's in a new situation. And we talked about the trade earlier. David Johnson. Uh I think, like I said, but I think they're going to surprise some people this year. 
I think it was surprise people this year, and I think David Jones he's gonna have a pretty good year because I think Bill O'Brien and Deshaun Watson that Texas they're gonna use him a lot more than what Arizona did. You know, because yeah. last year I went away from David Johnson. I think he's in a he the system he's in now he's in a he's in a great position to succeed this year. I think so. So I think right. David Johnson is yes, definitely pretty good. Sure. Kendall man, I appreciate your time. Thank you so much for coming on the show. And uh, you know I'm gonna call you whenever whatever happens to Houston, I'm gonna call you and we're 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 gonna have another chat. Hey, yes, sir. Man. Hey, I can't wait, man. Anytime, man. On oh, real quick, shout out East West Football Podcast. Y'all can go follow us on all. Yeah, podcasts. yes. Where can they find you? Where can they find you? Um, okay, we on we on Apple. At, go go talk. We on Instagram, East West Sports Power One, or you can just put in East West Football Podcast. The website we got a website, East West Football Network. I forgot to talk about the web on the network. We got a website up. We got like twenty five to thirty scouts and writers are part of our network so we're a big network now it's not just me jerry fidel we have a big network up under us so and they go to go go to go to our website you can check it out they scout reports all the all their po all the stores all that on our website they're doing a very good job there we just got on uh, we just got on youtube a couple weeks back a lot of content out there we're about to upload some more content this week and hey we're doing it big here man i appreciate you having me on the show man all right, thanks again. And guys, remember to check out the east west podcast. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at sports underscore fluent. I love talking football with those guys from the East-West Football Network. But as you can tell, basketball is also on everyone's mind. It's funny how it seems so easy in the first round for the Raptors, the Celtics, the Bucks, and the Heat. Three sweeps and a five-game series. What a change the second round is going to bring. The Raptors and the Celtics, although it looks like the Celtics have the Raptors' number. Don't forget the coach of the year, Nick Nurse, is coaching the NBA champs. They're not going to go down without a fight. I still think the Celtics might squeeze this one out. However, I'm going to go Raptors in seven. And in the other one, I'm, that's where I'm calling for the upset. Look for the Heat to upset the Bucks in seven games. Fantasy football. My favorite thing to do. As a commissioner of a league and playing in multiple others, I got to tell you, I spend a lot of time looking through players and teams, and I want to share all of that research with you. So starting next week, when the games start, look for Wednesday nights for us to do Fantasy Fluent Live. We'll take you through the run of games from Thursday to Monday night and who you should watch for in fantasy from a week to week who should be on your waiver wire, who you should be dropping, and who you should be starting and sitting. But let's start with the high-level fantasy football for those who haven't either played before or haven't done their draft yet. I'm going to take you through quarterbacks, running backs, tight ends, and wide receivers. Who are the top five or six players at each position? And who are some of the breakout stars and sleepers that you might want to sneak in at the bottom end of your draft or in the middle rounds to become your fantasy football champ. And of course, I'm going to give you some busts at each position, guys that you should completely stay away from. That's up next. We're kicking off fantasy football with your favorite position, the quarterback. So are you going to go really early and take someone like Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Jackson? The reality is, if your leagues are leaving them and they're not going to the fourth or fifth round, you might take a look at those two guys. They're probably the only guys that can get you kind of 400 plus points for the season. Other than that, you should wait a few more rounds. Now, in some leagues, quarterbacks go early. So who are you going to look for later on in the draft if you've gone heavy on running backs and wide receivers? So here's two names to think about as, I don't want to know call them sleepers, but as far as fantasy goes, they are. And they're two guys that have kind of switched teams from their previous years. The first one is Cam Newton. Now I know what you're saying. He's pretty injury prone and he has been in the past. However, he's looking really healthy. He's looking strong in that Patriots system. And if nothing else, he's going to get you the rushing yards and touch touchdowns that very few other quarterbacks can do. Uh, look at Lamar Jackson as an example. Is he going to put up those types of numbers? No, 
But if you're looking for a late, late round quarterback that can probably steal you a couple of wins, look at Cam Newton. Who's the other one that you should look at on a sleeper? Well, the person that Cam Newton is replacing. Everybody is literally sleeping on Tom Brady. You look at his age. They tell you he can't throw it downfield anymore. However, he's in a Tampa offense that allowed Jameis Winston to throw 30 touchdowns. Now, granted, he also threw 30 interceptions. I don't think you're going to get that from Tom Brady. He's also got tight ends in O.J. Howard, Cameron Brate, and what's that other fellow? Oh, right. Rob Gronkowski. So he's going to have the ability to throw it deep downfield to Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, who will do something with the ball after catch. And if he gets in trouble or is getting pressured, he can quick dump off to Brate, OJ Howard, and Gronk, and they'll get you some yards and some touchdowns. Look for Tom Brady to have a better year than expected. So keep him on your sleeper radar. To the breakout quarterback of the year. This one's going to come as a surprise because you know how I feel about the Giants and what they're going to do this year. I'm not a big fan of Joe Judge. However, I do know that they're going to be losing a lot of games, which means they're going to be down. And what do you do when you're losing and you're down in points? You're throwing the ball. So look for Daniel Jones who was one of the top 10 quarterbacks in the second half of last season to be a fantasy breakout star. If you have enough room on your bench to pick up a second quarterback, or if you're in a two QB league and you want a late, late, late round quarterback who might surprise some people, look for Daniel Jones. Now, to the downside, the busts. And this one's going to come as a surprise because one, I'm very high on the team. Two, it goes against what I just said in the sleepers. And three, he's added some new weapons. But look for Josh Allen to take a step back. And here's why. Although he has Stefan Diggs and we know that he can run the ball, I think he's going to have a very kind of slow-paced offense that isn't good for fantasy. Now, while I think the Bills are going to win some games, don't look for him to be a huge breakout star. Now, that's not to say he's not going to be productive. But based on where he's going in draft so far, he is not going to perform to that level. To your running backs. And for those that are new to fantasy football, this is your most important position. Pick them early and pick them often. Some of your top picks. So if you have an early pick in the first round, you're looking at Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, Alvin Kamara, who will have a bounce back year from last year, Ezekiel Elliott, Delvin Cook, Uh, Miles Sanders, Derrick Henry, a lot of names on that list, but they do go fast. They do go early, so pick them up. So who are the ones that you can maybe sneak in in later rounds that are going to make a difference for your fantasy team? Look for a player like Cam Akers um, for the Rams. Darrell Henderson is hurt, and there isn't really anyone who's the definite star of that Rams offense since Todd Gurley left for Atlanta. However, Akers is a rookie, and he's a big body who's going to get a lot of opportunities at the goal line, and scoring touchdowns is key for running back production. The other one, I don't know if he is a sleeper this year. However, two years ago, he was a breakout star, but we kind of forgot about him last year because the team was in disarray, their starting quarterback was gone, and their offense sort of sputtered. But look for James Conner. If now all of these have a big if they stay healthy, James Conner is kind of the forgotten running back. Look for him because where he's going in draft boards right now is very low. He's another one that can you can sneak in in a later round and would be a great RB2 or flex option. Now to my breakout star. This one comes from another surprise team from the NFC East. Why is he a breakout star? Now, let me get this straight. He is not Christian McCaffrey. However, Christian McCaffrey's old coach said that he has a lot of the same qualities and skill set as Christian McCaffrey does. Antonio Gibson of the Washington football team can run the ball, can catch the ball, 
and will be a great release valve for uh, Dwayne Haskins on that Washington offense. He's not a very mobile quarterback. He's not have a lot of weapons deep downfield. So he's going to have to dump it off to his running backs quite a bit. Antonio Gibson has that type of ability to take a short two or three yard dump off and go for big gains. And in an offense that doesn't really have a lot of weapons, he's going to get a lot of opportunities. Adrian Peterson, I keep saying this every year, is getting up there in age, but how much of the load can he handle? And out of the backfield in terms of receiving, he's not really the the guy anymore. So it's going to be Antonio Gibson who's going to get all of those opportunities. Look for him, and you can steal him in those later rounds. Again, another great RB2 flex options. These are the types of players that really win your fantasy league. When it comes to busts at the running back position, it's actually a really long list. My first one is now in a different situation because I had him listed. He's right here on my page, Leonard Fournette. Anyone really from the Jaguars offense is going to be a bust this year, but Leonard Fournette was going to be the guy. He's obviously since been released. So now he actually has moved himself out of the bust conversation depending on where he lands. There's obviously some talk that he could go to the Washington football team, so that would change things with Antonio Gibson and for him. Also the Chicago Bears, another team who've now lost their starting running back and David Montgomery to an injury, although he will be back in a few weeks. We don't know how long that injury is going to take for him to return, but really they only have Tariq Cohen on the roster that has any starting experience, so they could look to add Fournette. I'm scary. Um, I'm scared a little bit of anyone on the Bears offense other than maybe Allen Robinson um, and when it comes to fantasy, so take that one uh, as it comes, depending on what you see from Fournette. However, there are some opportunities for Fournette that might make sense. For example, if he does go to a team like the Rams that don't have a definite starter and he gets slotted in as the workhorse, he could be an opportunity in a very running back friendly offense. Also, I don't think this is going to happen. However, if he were to go, and this would be a huge pay cut, so he probably won't, but if he does, if he were to go to a team like the Chiefs that have really all their money on a rookie, Right, Hillier is someone who should be great. He's looked great in training camp. The Chiefs speak very highly of him. However, I am so afraid of Kansas City Chief running backs that I kind of am telling people to stay away from Hillier. However, if Fournette goes there, he's the type of kind of back that they could use in goal line situations, um, and they do score a lot of points. So that would maybe change him from bust to sleeper. But Overall, kind of stay away from Leonard Fournette. Some of the other ones are the big names. So for those non-football aficionados who just kind of know the stars, you're going to think, oh, I should draft someone like Le'Veon Bell, Todd Gurley, David Johnson. My advice? Don't. All three are going to have huge downturns in what used to be great fantasy production. Now to our wide receivers. There are some big names at the top of your draft board, like Michael Thomas, Devontae Adams, Tariq Hill, Julio Jones, uh, Chris Godwin, Hopkins, Mike Evans, Kenny Galladay, Adam Thielen, that will really take your team to the next level. If you can get those guys in the second or third round, you are going to win your NFL fantasy draft because they're typically going to go in that first or late first round, early second round. So what do I do if I go running back heavy in the first two rounds and those guys are all gone? You got to look for some sleepers. And here's one that you can pick up really, really late as a wide receiver two or a flex option that's going to put up some good yardage and get some touchdowns because of his return of starting quarterback. It's the Pittsburgh Steelers' Deontay Johnson. He is going to benefit from Ben Roethlisberger being back as is James Conner, as previously mentioned, with the running backs. This team can support two to three fantasy wide receivers, and they've done it in the past, and I think they're going to do it again. So don't shy away from Juju, James Washington, or, in this case, Deontay Johnson, and look for him to be a sleeper that, again, you can steal in the later rounds and have playing week to week. 
The next one is my breakout star, and he's one where they're really going to need him to stay healthy and to step up because he's got all the skill needed to be a breakout wide receiver. Depending on who the quarterback's going to be in Chicago, look for Anthony Miller to have a huge year opposite of Allen Robinson. They're going to need him to have a huge year, and I think he does. Although Madden thinks Nick Foles will be the starter that will lead the Bears to 12-4 and and a Super Bowl, I'm never going to argue with that. But if Trubisky is the starter for the Bears, that kind of gives Miller a bit of a notch down, but still a late-round draft pick that can really help out as a flex option to my bust selection for wide receiver. And this one's really hard for me because he's been on my fantasy team a couple of years in a row now, and he was a solid wide receiver one for multiple years. However, this year, with either a rookie or a quarter, a veteran quarterback that isn't a superstar who doesn't necessarily push the ball downfield, look for Keenan Allen to be a bust Again, based on his draft stock. So he's going in the first round, early second round, which is way too high for Keenan Allen right now. So he's a bust based on his draft position. He'll still be productive. If you can get him in the later rounds, maybe take him as a wide receiver too. But his wide receiver one days, I think, are done. Last on the list for this week are our tight ends. Are you going to go early first second round on a Travis Kelsey or George Kittle? Yeah, you might, but it's all going to depend on who's on the board and where you're drafting. You can also look a little bit later at a Zach Ertz, a Darren Waller, or Mark Andrews as all solid tight end options. However, who are those guys that you can get in the later rounds? Look for Noah Fant to be your tight end that very few people are talking about that, again, you can pick up in those later rounds that can give you some solid production out of the tight end position. Tight end has always been a very, very tough position over the last few years. And unless you have one of those top two or three guys, it's one of those week-to-week streaming tight ends that you'll have to deal with. But I think Noah Fant will be one that not many people are talking about that you can pick up a little bit later. To my breakout star, the Miami Dolphins' Mike Gesicki is going to be one of the he's going to finish top three. I'm going to say it top three tight end this season in terms of fantasy production. Look for him to continue what he started last year and for him to be that breakout tight end that everyone's going to draft really early next year that you can take in a later round this year and look like you know what you're doing. Now to my tight end bust, and this one hurts. It, it hurts me to say this, but the bust at the tight end position this year is going to be Rob Gronkowski. He's going to go earlier than he should because of his name, because of his past production, because someone who, in your draft, I guarantee you, who just hasn't been paying attention, is going to take him. But based on the amount of mouths that Tom Brady is going to have to feed, and we know he feeds them, right? When you looked at the Patriots offense, he spread that ball around almost to a fault for fantasy, and you never knew where the the production was going to come from at wide receiver. What you did know was that Gronk was going to get his. Unfortunately, in Tampa's offense, or at least in this version of Tampa's offense with Tom Brady at the helm, he's going to have three tight end options. Gronk obviously is a little up there in years. He's battled some injuries. And with OJ Howard and Cameron Bright also in the mix, look for a lot of two tight end sets And Gronk's going to get the attention of the defense, which will leave the other tight end open. So you might want to look at an O.J. Howard as another sleeper pick at the tight end position. But Gronk, again, based on draft position, is going to be a bust. So that's it for this week's look in on fantasy football. We're going to go deeper than this every single week on Wednesdays on Fantasy Fluent Live. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at sports underscore fluent, and you'll see those live updates coming your way. Just follow us. Our final episode of the WNBA preview will have have us taking a look at the Seattle Storm, the Los Angeles Sparks, and the Minnesota Lynx. We start with the Minnesota Lynx, who last year finished at 18 and 16 and lost to the Storm in the playoffs. 
This year's an interesting one from a historical standpoint for the Lynx, because should they, as I expect, they make the playoffs, it will be the 10th consecutive year, joining only two other teams in WNBA uh, franchise history. Now, the problem with that, or the difficulty with that is, they're going to do it with only one player left, Foles, who was part of those nine teams. Foles is the last woman standing from the Lynx dynasty. Lindsey Wallen is now a head coach at the University of Minnesota. Maya Moore is doing incredible work for social justice as she takes time away from, from basketball. Simone Augustus, who was the face of the franchise, has now joined the LA Sparks. It's going to be a tough road ahead for Foles, who has been known or shown to carry a very heavy load in the WNBA, but in this her 13th season, can she do that? They also have Collier, who had a great rookie campaign, but can she take a, that leap forward in year two? That will be remain that will remain to be seen. They also have two impressive rookies um, that should be able to emerge quickly and really help drive the links back into the playoffs again for the 10th consecutive year. So we look for those two, um, uh, Crystal Dangerfield and Mika um, Herbert Harrigan, to really show what they can do as rookies because they're going to get a lot of opportunity to play, and I think they're both up to it. So look for the links to make some noise in the regular season and into the playoffs. But don't take my word for it. Here's what they had to say. The reason why you should hop on the bandwagon is because we are young, powerful women who's on a mission. You can never count us out, no matter what our team looks like. Um, very determined, and we're, we're, we're looking forward to pushing this playoff run with this new team. So they'll jump on, jump aboard, make sure you out there yelling, not just supporting us, but all these women across the league as well. I might sound overconfident when I talk about my pick of the LA Sparks to win the WNBA championship this year. However, this roster is deep. They have all-stars. They have role players. It's by far the deepest team in the WNBA with players who could be starters on any other team coming off the bench. In fact, they had to even trade away some of their players just to get them some playing time. This team should they stay healthy, is going to be dangerous. Both Parker and Augustus missed time double-digit games last year with injury. So should that happen, they'll need some other players like uh, Christine Agnew or Maria Gullick and Rashonda Gray and Tay Cooper to play major minutes and really step up their game this season. Injuries are obviously very important when you're competing for a championship. Should this team stay healthy, there's nothing that is going to stop the LA Sparks, in my opinion, from taking the WNBA championship. Here's what they had to say is why they're the team to beat and the team that you should root for this year in the WNBA. One, we're the deepest team. Two, we had 12 phenomenal women with phenomenal stories. If you watch our team play, you will get to know each of us. Our media team does an amazing job of putting us out there. And if you pay attention to us, you know, like basketball, we're mixed with athleticism and skills. We're long, we're lanky, we know basketball, we think basketball, and we respect the game. And we have Derek Fisher, you know, as our head coach, just to throw that in there as a splash. <laughs> so we have a great coaching staff, we have a great medical staff, so we're always going to be at our best, to perform at our best. And if I have any more seconds left, go Sparks. Yes, I said it. I picked the LA Sparks to win the WNBA championship. However, there is one team that could stand in their way, and that's the Seattle Storm. The Seattle Storm never really defended their title from 2018 because Stewart and Bird were both injured. Stewart was recovering from a torn Achilles, and Bird is now back after missing all of last season with a knee injury. And the Storm could look like that dominant 2018 team that won the franchise's third championship. It's encouraging that last year without those two, they finished 18 and 16 and had a playoff berth. Bringing those two very important pieces back, the 2018 regular season and finals MVP, and arguably the best point guard in league history, 
will propel them back into being the top team in the WNBA. So look for the Sparks and the Storm to really be the two teams that I look for um, that will really push the WNBA forward this season. And although I'm picking the Sparks, look for the Storm to be in that conversation, if not the top team in the league. Here's what they had to say as why as to why you should follow the Storm and be a fan of the Seattle Storm. Well, you know, Seattle is one of the more uh, storied franchises in the WNBA industry. We have three championships under our belt. We do have the returning MVP from 2018. I say returning because she was injured last year. So now everyone needs to tune in to see if she can repeat. And then you know what? There's this old player. She's 39, damn near 40. And um, I don't know. Somehow she's still doing it. I think everyone's waiting to see what's going to happen. So I say tune in to Seattle Storm and be a fan of them. Now, for the fix. There's a lot going on in Major League Baseball. But if we take a step back from the games currently being played, there's a couple of things that I found interesting. One, the seven-inning games are fantastic. I have six-year-old twins. I try to get them to watch a baseball game. But you can imagine for six-year-olds, it's really long. And baseball tends to hold on more than any other league to old school traditions and the way the game used to be played. There's the unwritten rules, which need to go. There is the nine inning game, the three hours it takes a pitcher between pitches, the batters stepping out of the box, the forever changing strike zone from umpire to umpire. There are so many things that make baseball loved by the older generation and frustrating to the younger generation, that they're going to come to a point, and it's almost here, where they're going to have to make a decision. Cater to those that love the tradition of the game or cater to those that are now starting, if you can get them, to become fans of the game. Baseball is one of those great sports. It was kind of before its time when you think of its stats keeping, One of the great things that people used to do, and some still do, is go to the ballpark and sit down and put down their, you know, take each note of every out, every at bat, every pitch. It's something statistically that fans loved. However, the games became too long, too slow. These unwritten rules of hitting pitchers or hitting batters because of whatever reason have now become something that is laughed at. I'm reminded back, uh, I don't know if you've watched the series Brockmire, when they kind of jumped the shark on the show. However, do give you some insight into baseball 20 years from now. People will stop watching. The overpaid players, the you know two rich owners, this is on the show by the way, just are always at each other's uh, throats and it just destroys the game. So what can we do with Major League Baseball to fix it? I know, this is going to sound blasphemous. Make the game shorter. Go to a seven-inning game. Change the amount of time. I'm not suggesting a shot clock per se, but let the umpires do their job, which is to speed up the game. Don't let batters step out of the box whenever they feel a little uncomfortable. Don't let the pitcher take five minutes throwing to first for someone who hasn't even taken a leadoff. Um, Make a strike zone. Use technology to make the game faster. For example, the strike zone. It's forever changing from umpire to umpire. When you have the technology from tennis where you can actually have a strike zone, you see it on replays, use that. I'm not saying robot umpires or anything like that. However, I am saying a designated strike zone that can be reviewed by the umpires and have a call in from the booth if something's close. So, and again, to speed up the game a little bit faster. It's This is for every sport. So I'm going to pause on, on the fix for a second. Every sport misuses the replay. Between challenges and the referees or umpires on the field going under some you know mysterious cape to look at the review and make the decisions, that all just takes time and slows down, in most cases, an already slow game. However, Use the technology to speed up the game. 
have a ref or two, an ump or two in baseball, up in the booth watching the replays and watching the game as it happens. They can quickly watch a replay and determine in 9 out of 10 cases whether it's a ball, a strike, an out, etc., and just call it down to the field and correct the play. Now, I know it's going to hurt the egos of a lot of the umps and the refs. However, if you don't know where the call came from, it's just a quick review from the booth, and then they have it mic'd down into you know um, uh, an earpiece that tells them so they can make the correct call. It will speed up the game. Having a designated strike zone will create less arguments, I hope, from the managers because really it's electronic and look at tennis. You can't really argue a call out when you see it on a big screen and it's digitized and you see, yep, that was on the line or nope, it was over the line in tennis. The same things are true in baseball. Now, if you eliminate that arguing, the manager's coming out and bumping chest with the umps, it also speeds up the game and makes it a lot more enjoyable to watch. Now, that's a lot of stuff, and it's a lot of stuff that people are going to fight me on. However, let me know how you would fix baseball, or if you think that baseball just should stay the way that it is. Anthony K at SportsFluent.com That's it for this episode of the Sports Fluent Podcast. I'm Anthony Kay. Remember to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at sports underscore fluent. Check out our website at sportsfluent.com. And starting next week, Fantasy Fluent Live every Wednesday night. Until next week, are you fluent?